listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast, presented by Pat's Pulpit. All right, welcome to another episode of the Patriot Nation podcast. With you, as always, is me, your boy, Pat Lane. Today, I am with my guy, Barrett, filling in for Matt. For Matt, uh, is traveling this week, so he's filling in for Matt this week, home from college, uh, here to talk some Patriots. We're going to try to, we're going to just going to try to pretend like last week didn't happen. Just, can we, can we just pretend like last week didn't happen, Barrett? Absolutely. We can put that one under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, it's just, you know, you see the, on TikTok, you see like, uh, you know, the Kelsey's are talking about it and they're just laughing their ass off. And I'm just like, man, this is just, we've become, we've become the Jets. We've become the New York Jets. And that is just not a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I've actually heard people saying that we've become the New York Jets. And so it's not a great feeling. Definitely not a great feeling. No, no. And, and, and I will say, and I said this, I know, I know I started off by saying we, we're not going to talk about it last week, but I will say. I I firmly believe, and I will argue anyone on this, it's the worst, that was the worst play in NFL history. Because the thing is, and, and you know, the butt fumble was bad, real bad, real bad. But the butt fumble was a normal play. It was just a play where things got screwed up, he turned around and ran into a guy and he fumbled. Those things happen, right? Even the, the Herm Edwards play where the Giants were going to kneel the ball and drop, you know, fumbled the snap and, the, and they picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown as the closing seconds. Of course, that's one of those where it's like, obviously it was a terrible play, but like, it's not, it's not, you know, the game is tied. You have no reason to be doing anything. So you throw the ball backwards 25 yards to a guy that's wide open on the other team and he just stiff arms your guy, your quarterback into Bolivian. And friggin' runs in for a touchdown to end the game with no time left on the clock. It's it's pretty definitively, I think, the worst play in NFL history. It's pretty hard to argue that it's not. And anyone who says that, I mean, it's easily top three. So it's yeah. not not a good spot to be in. Um, we're right. gonna try and forget about it. Uh, it. It really hurts the Patriots' playoff chances. But uh, mm-hmm. do you even want to see him go in there and play the Chiefs in the first round, though, like or something like that? Um, well, so it's a great question. It is a great question. I will say before we get into that, Dark Blue Gold's mentioned the Griff Whalen play on fourth down. I agree with you, Griff. That was a terrible, uh, Griff, Jesus Christ. I agree, I agree with you, Dark Blue Gold. That was a terrible play, but it wasn't to end the game. If the game was tied in that point and they ran that play, then absolutely it would be worse. But, and that, and as stupid as that play was, the moment makes it bigger, right? The, the Malcolm Butler interception is, in my opinion, the greatest play in NFL history because of a million different things. And part of the reason is because of the moment that that it was. And, you know, and the moment of the Jacoby play outweighs the Griffin play. As terrible as that was, um, you know, I, I think it outweighs a little bit. But to answer your question, Barrett, I just feel like this defense gives them a chance against anyone. Were they going to beat the Chiefs? Like, 99.99% probably no they weren't but like that one one hundredth of a percent you never know you have a good enough defense it gives you a chance to beat any team 
if they can keep you in the game and they can score a defensive touchdown like they did on Sunday. So it's like, it's one of those things where like, yeah, probably not. But like at the same time, you know, yeah, you, I mean, you, you bet I'd rather, I'd rather them have a chance to win than not. Right. And, and you can't have yeah. a chance to win if you're not in the playoffs. And so that's kind of the way I feel about it. Although they probably would have gotten their heads bashed in. It's like now we're haggling over like, you know, six, six spots. Right, as far as draft order is concerned. So it's like, well, you might as well yeah. just try to play the playoff game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I agree. I do think it'd be better to make the postseason have a chance because it kind of it, – it's sad because it feels like this defense is kind of being wasted in a way. Yeah. And, I mean, they've made plays all year. They've scored multiple defensive touchdowns. We've seen it back-to-back weeks now. Uh, yep. We've seen five, six-sat games against teams. So it's very reasonable to think that they could – at least slow down a Chiefs offense. I mean, the Bills, the Bills only scored twenty four points against them, right? And the Bills are high powered offense, so mm-hmm. um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it just it really really sucks that they they blew an opportunity uh, to yeah. be at eight and six and in the playoff picture heading right. into this week. Right. Yeah, and it's you know as bad as they were offensively because they were bad and Mac was terrible and it, and. You know, I said after the show, and I kind of stick by it that that at some point you gotta you gotta think about turning the reins over to Billy Zappi just because Mac's been so bad. And I don't know if I think a big part of it is Matty P. I think only because he was significantly better than he is than he than he he was significantly better than he is this year. Right, last year he was significantly better. You didn't see this from him last year. You saw a good player last year, in my opinion, not a great player, but a good player that you thought could get better. And this year, he took like three steps back this year. His numbers this year are now worse than Cam Newton's in 2020. And Cam Newton had a billion rushing touchdowns in 2020. So, like, you just look at it and say, well, Cam, right now, by the numbers, Cam Newton was a better quarterback in 2020 than Mac Jones was in 2022. And that is scary to think about. So, like, it's just, uh, you know, that if that's if that's who he is, the Patriots should just cut him, right, or trade him for a fifth-round draft pick or something like that. But I don't think that that's who he is long-term. I just think it's not working with Patricia. And so either they need to figure something out behind the scenes, and if they can't do that, then they need to move on to Zappi at least for the next, you know, two or three games just because it's like, what the hell are we doing? We're just beating our head against the wall. Yeah, and it seems like he's having – last year we didn't see these outbursts that he's been having in the middle of games, yelling at – the sidelines yelled at a couple of receivers the other day. Um, that's not something that we saw last year at all. So that's another thing that concerns me because it's kind of a bad look to the rest of the team. When you see your quarterback's just to be your leader. And if he's kind of thrown it a bit of a fit, I just don't think that's the best energy to provide to a sideline, especially in the situation they were in. I mean, struggling to get it in on the goal line, obviously you're frustrated, but you got to try to keep your cool on the field. I agree. And listen, Brady's one of those guys like Brady is one of those guys that has always done that. But Brady plays with a perfection that, you know, you're not seeing from Mac Jones right now. And so it's like, yeah, sure. Tom does it. And he looks kind of childish when he does it. But it's Tom flipping Brady like he can do that because he's been playing forever and he's the best of all time. You're Mac Jones and you suck this year. Like it's just that's just what it is. Right. And so I know he's a captain. And so you know, he has that leadership and the guys like him, but it's like, you got to figure it out, right? You can't act this way every game. Um, and so it's been, it's been frustrating to see, right? And you're right. Like, it's just, you know, that goal line, 
that goal line sequence was just horrendous. When you look at, you know, the miss pass to Jonu, the touchdown to Bourne that gets that gets overran or overruled because I assume Belichick called the timeout before the play started. So now you go back to it on third and goal. I don't even remember what they ran on third and goal. Did they run a pass they on ran, third and goal? They ran. So they had Ramondre going motion one way and then motion oh, back to the other way. And he ran that and slant. He, and, and he brought the linebacker with him right in the middle yeah. of the play. What a stupid play design that was. I mean, it's like, why would you run? You're literally running the linebacker into the slant. It makes no sense. Stupid. I don't know. So, I don't know who he was yelling at on that play. I don't know if he was yelling at Ramondre or if he was yelling at. Aguilar because he was yelling at somebody on the Patriots on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who it is. Unless, unless Mondre went the wrong way and he was supposed to, you know, he's supposed to motion the other way. I don't know. Um, but then that play is you know, doomed to fail. Ramondre is their best player. He's their best player on offense. You got four, you got first and goal with the one yard line. First of all, I think they marked him at the two and not the one, but either way you get first and goal with the one yard line, run it four times or Ramondre. He's going to get in one of them. He's going to like, I, it just, it was stupid. Last last week, they had problems. They've had problems all year getting it in in the red zone. Last year, they scored twice in the red zone. You know what they did both times? They were rushing touchdowns because they freaking ran the ball in the red zone, and they just decide not to run the ball in the red zone, and I just simply don't understand it. Um, you know, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, hey, those four points would have been really nice at the end of the game to have. You know, and instead, you know, that's the difference between you winning and losing, right? And so it's just, it's uh, it's one of those things that you just, you can't make stupid mistakes like that offensively and and coaching, you know? Yeah, and I totally agree. That's That was my strongest thing. I was like, why didn't you just run the ball four right. straight times? Yep. And, uh, and to the coaching point, I mean, it's not, it's not just the offense, even though it's been horrible. I mean... The special teams cost us some points last week too. Yep. So I mean, the special teams is supposed to be one of your strengths of your team every year. You guys, you have Matthew Slater, and that like you're supposed to not make these mistakes. I mean, Jabril Peppers just had I don't know it was a brain fart or something. Um, but well, so just and awful. that one, you know what's interesting is that that wasn't even on Peppers. What happened was is that they were trying to get the play clock reset, and Peppers got the play clock reset, but for whatever reason. The guy who's supposed to be paying attention to that was Phillips, Adrian Phillips, and he wasn't paying attention to that. So Cardona's not looking at the play clock. Phillips gets the ball snapped because he thinks that they're running out of time, so they have to snap it. But meanwhile, you know, uh, Peppers is is getting them to to reset the play clock. So they push the play clock back up to 25. He turns to tell Phillips, hey, we're good. Take your time. And meanwhile, he's telling Cardona to snap it. And so, like, He's like, hey, and then, he goes, oh, my God, that guy's gone. And it, yeah. so he never even blocked him, you know? So it's like one of those things where it's like we're, we need to all be on the same page here. You know what I mean? Like, and so and so that was, a, that was a situation where they just weren't – they just simply were not on the same page. And then that comes back to me, to the coaching staff, where you can see they're not on the same page. Call timeout. Just, just call the timeout because you can see Peppers is worried about getting the play clock reset and Phillips isn't paying attention to that. And so, like – you're the coaching staff, bam, call the timeout, get it done. Boom. There we are. We're done. We call timeout. Hey, it sucks to waste the timeout in that situation. It's your last time out of the half. Fine. But it's a hell of a lot better than them blocking a punt with under two minutes left to go in the half. You just, you can't have that, you know? And so like that, again, it just comes back to like the coach is not being engaged sometimes. And, and the players then 
it's just an undisciplined team, which is not something that you that you see from the Patriots. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I think is the most frustrating part. This isn't like this is the identity of your team. You don't right. make mistakes, you don't have mental errors, and you have a strong coaching staff. And it seems like all of those things have been out the window this year at points of the season. I mean, they've beaten up on some teams, which they've been expected to do, but then they come into a game like this and you have multiple mental lapses throughout the game. It's just yeah. not not something that can you can have happen with an offense that plays like it does and struggles on special teams and ruining a great defense. Right, right. And that's it just makes it it makes it so frustrating, you know, when you see all the penalties and in the and the you know, the mental errors that you don't see from, from a Patriots team, you know? And so, and dark blue gold mentions like, you know, there's fewer and fewer, fewer and fewer reliable cogs in the machine. Right. And so, yeah, you had those guys that were those reliable players, you know, McCordy was a guy that, you know, obviously he's still on the team, but like was a guy that Belichick, even when he was going through his struggles in 2011, he was like, man, you can play for me any day. Cause he's so smart. He works his ass off. He's a leader on the field. Like, you know, even though he wasn't working a corner anymore, he's like, "Hey, if you gotta, if I need to switch safety, I'm, I'm down, I'm in. Like, let's do it." You know, so like, and he has that leadership on on the field as well as in the locker room. And I think they still have guys like that, but I just don't know how many guys they have like that, right? And what is the coaching staff? Because Belichick is the coach; he's the greatest coach of all time. People are saying he's lost that he's done that. No, I'm sorry, like this not. We're, I'm not having the conversation. We're not doing it. I'm not doing that. Um, because there's a million times where we've done this before and everyone's stupid, right? 2000 was it 09 where they went fourth and two um, against the, was it 09 against the, uh, against the Colts? I can't remember, but it might have been 06. Doesn't matter. Either way, doesn't make a difference. You know, they, they go for it fourth and two and don't get it against the Colts and they're on 35 and lose the game because of it, right? And people, oh, what an idiot. Why, how would he ever do that? And all this other crap. Like it's just, but, and that's the stuff like where it's like, you know, they, they go down to Miami. Uh, I'm sorry. They're in, they're playing against the Jets at the end of the season. I think it was 2015. I get my years mixed up. It was either 13 or 15. Either way, they they play in my uh, the Jets. They go to overtime. They win the toss, and it was the first year of where you had to kick a field. If you kick the field goal, the other team got the ball, and they chose to kick. And then the Jets scored a touchdown on the first drive, and they lost. And it was like, what the hell are you doing? And people were like Belichick's lost his mind. He's, he's the game's passed him by, and it's like, whoa. I don't know. He's been to four Super Bowls since, or three, three or four Super Bowls since then. Like I think he's doing okay, you know. Like, but it's just he does these things sometimes that you wonder about. But it's like the grass isn't always greener there, people. Okay, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sean McVay looked like a really shiny, fun coach for a while. His team sucks this year because his team doesn't have any players. The talent's not there, and so like now the coaching isn't there, right? So it's like, you know, I think this team's getting better, but be careful what you wish for because there's not, there's no, I don't know, uh, you know, who the next great coach is going to be, but like, I don't know. It's, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to predict. Even Mike McDaniel, Hey, look great in Miami. Now things are kind of falling apart. If they lose again this weekend, I don't know. That's like four or five in a row. It's like, it's awfully difficult, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I totally agree with you. It's the grass definitely isn't greener for most situations. It feels right. like most times a team hires a new coach, it doesn't work out. Uh, so I don't think Belichick is the the main problem. Obviously, some people will say some things and call for him to be replaced and whatnot, but that's not that's not the case. He doesn't like you said. He doesn't have talent around him, uh, and that's also partially on him in a sense. But 
Um, he's had a couple of really strong drafts in mm-hmm. recent years. And mm-hmm. maybe some of these guys are guys you can develop into these leaders that you need uh, to help make sure that perfection's in line, uh, sort of McCourty-esque thing. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, the sad thing is I feel like if there was a guy on the team that could fill that role or a couple guys, I mean, doesn't it feel like Adrian Phillips could be one of those guys and then he yeah, makes a mental mistake like that. Right. So I just, I don't know if they need to be homegrown talent. It just, it's a little confusing just to see these mental laps, especially with players who've been around a long time. I mean, Adrian Phillips was like an all pro one year as a special yeah. teamer. And yeah. it's just, it's inexcusable. And there's a lot of moving parts and obviously talent is one of the biggest problems on this team. So hundred percent. And you know, but then you look at it and you start saying, um, by the way, dark blue gold, I, I don't think it's an issue. I don't think Bill will ever leave, but you're not wrong. I just don't think he'll ever actually leave, but, but you are right. It's, it is, it is certainly a thing there. You know, I think the Patriots had some really bad drafts in a row. You know, you go back to almost 2016. I know they got a few players in 2016, but you keep going back and it's like, they struggled a lot. 2019 was an absolute disaster. Um, you know, where the only good player you got was Damian Harris, and that's just not good enough. But 2020, you're talking about Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Penny Jennings, and Mike Unwinning. It's pretty good. 2021, Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Mondre, who's been unbelievable. Trey Nixon, of course. Come on. I mean, he's great. We all love Trey Nixon. And then, you know, and then this year, you got, you know, Cole Strange, who has been up and down, but pretty good. Jack Jones, who looks like a certified, like, good player. Marcus Jones, Pierre Strong looks good when he's been out there. Kevin Harris is good when he's been out there. So, like, and Tyquan Thornton as well. So, like, you know, they've had a few good drafts in a row. You got to start, you got to keep building. You got to keep, you got to hit on more of those free agent signings, right? They hit on, I think the Kendrick Bourne signing was a good signing last year, and this year it's not been so good. Nelson Aguilar was like a meh signing, right? Hunter Henry, I still think, was a good signing. Obviously, Matthew Judon was a home run. So it's like, you know, if you hit on a few more of those free agent signings this summer when you got a ton of money and you have another good draft, all of a sudden you're looking at a good team, right? And it's just like, can you figure out the offense to get Mac to be playing well enough, right? And so I think I think that we're not doomed. The future of the Patriots isn't doomed here. It's just a question of it's the same thing. And it's funny because I I uh, the first article I ever wrote, I think I was talking to Spence about this, when he was on previewing the Bills, first article I ever wrote was called Tom Brady, the Buffalo Bill. And it was about how a look back at, at what would have happened if the Patriots had traded Brady instead of Bloodsoe, right? For whatever reason, if they had lost the game, if Bloodsoe had started in the Super Bowl, whatever, whatever the reason is, had they traded, you know, Brady instead of Bloodsoe, and kind of a look at if Brady had had the success that he had in New England in Buffalo. And, you know, what kind of would have happened that how many, how many players they had gone through. I believe, I believe it was. EJ Manuel's first start for the Bears, for the Bills that game. So it's a long time ago, a lot of quarterbacks ago, and a lot of quarterbacks from, you know, 2002 to that point. And so now you're in the situation with the Patriots where it's like, yeah, you can build a good team. The Bills always had good defenses, but their quarterback has always sucked. And like they never got enough out of their team because they didn't have the quarterback. And the big question you have to ask yourself now is, is Mac the guy? Is he the guy that we can build around moving forward? And maybe he won't win you a Super Bowl. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to win you a Super Bowl by himself, right? Not by himself, obviously, but like, you know what I mean? He's going to carry you, right? But can this can he do enough to get you there, 
right? And I and I think that that's that's kind of one of those things where it's like you have to be able to make that decision, and you have to make that decision. If not this year, you have to make it next year. And you know, it's so then it becomes difficult. You have to get that guy. The, that position's so damn important. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone starts dropping in the draft this year. I don't know. If you're sitting at you know 14, maybe you move up a few spots and then take someone. Maybe someone drops to you at 14 and you're like, you know what? Screw it. I will take, you know, Will Levis at 14 or whatever and just see what see what happens, you know? And so, well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's an interesting take. I mean, with the with the draft, I don't know. Like, wouldn't you think that they would just try Zappy first before they drafted a guy? I mean, obviously, if someone yeah. big fell. Right, but. right. I think the big thing for me, the, the biggest thing for me is that, and it's interesting that you drafted Zappy and not somebody else, but, like, is that Justin Fields type of quarterback, right? That mm-hmm. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, Jalen Hurts was like, I was in love with Jalen Hurts when he was coming out of school. I just thought he didn't really fit the Patriots offense. Now, Hurts looks like a guy now that you could build your offense around. Screw it. Scrap everything and just build a new offense around a guy like that, right? But, you know, is there a guy in in the draft like that? I don't think that there is, right? And so it's like, you know, I mean, there are some guys, obviously, that, that, you know, but it's like, do you take a second round flyer on a, on a guy like Richardson from Florida and just say, Hey, what the hell? If this kid turns out to be a stud, you know, then maybe he does. And maybe he's, you know, he's looked pretty bad in some games this year. So like, you know what I mean? So it's like, maybe he isn't the guy, but who knows, you know, like, do you, do you swing the complete opposite direction and try to get one of those next generation running quarterbacks? Or do you stick with, with your pocket passer? And if you're going to stick with your pocket passer, then you're right. You probably stick with Zappy unless you feel like you've seen enough and you're like, yeah, he isn't the guy either, you know? Yeah, and I mean, obviously there's free agency, and who knows, guys can get cut, trades can happen, and whatnot. But hey, Lamar could be here. You never know. Lamar could be here. That would be exciting. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, and it feels like Mac, he's really struggled lately. But with the, it could be the Patricia situation. Like we don't know. He might just need another year with right. something different which is also something I don't really like because that's three different years of three different things, yep. um, which I think is concerning. And it's hard to get a read on, on a guy when that happens. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably their biggest challenge. Like, do they know how to read him properly right now? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, and I do think it would be smart to take a flyer on a guy. Like if Richardson fell to you in the second round, then it makes sense. Um, I just don't know right. if they would get another, like a Levis, I feel like that might be a, a, bit, a bit different thing. I mean, obviously, if like Stroud or something fell a couple picks and they made a blockbuster, right. that's different. But, right. I mean, I think they have to reshape the whole offense. I mean, it looks awful. Everything about it is awful. I mean, everything short game. The offensive line has been better recently, but it was a mess most of the season. Yeah. So there's a lot of reshaping to do. And to your point you said earlier – they really, really need to hit on their free agents. Oh, yeah. They can't have a couple of meds. They need to have, they need to have multiple home runs to be a competitive team next year. And maybe they get some, they bring in some younger free agents that they can build up. But you can't have the Jonas Smiths. You can't have the Aguilars. You can't have that right. type of thing happening. Again. Mm-hmm. No, and that's and so we're gonna see. We'll see what they decide to do. But it is gonna be interesting. I do think that this offense can work. We've seen it work. Right. And in a lot of other places, they're just not running it correctly. Uh, And I don't know if they have all the personnel to do it. You know, 
And what's bizarre to me is that you see, like, it works so well in San Francisco, and they have use check out in San Francisco. Why didn't you try to make John U. Smith the next use check? It just didn't make any sense. John U. Smith, I would think at least his skill set would be awesome in the use check role, right? Like, he he's a guy that, you know, thrives getting the ball, like, outside and making some making someone miss in space, which use check doesn't necessarily do super well, but he does it well enough. And so, you know, and Juszczyk obviously is a, is, a, is a better blocker than John is. But, like, still, I don't know. I, it just didn't make any sense to me why they're running this type of offense without trying to trying to throw things together. It just seems strange. Um, and it was, a, it was a decision that they made consciously because Jakob Johnson, you know, said, uh, yeah, I wanted to stay in New England, but they didn't have a position for me because they, they were eliminating the fullback position. So this was a conscious decision by them. It's just one of those – it just seems very bizarre that they would do it. Um, and so, you know, if you want to keep, because you mentioned, all right, Max, Mac place goes into his third year in the NFL with his third offensive coordinator and his third different offense. And that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Like, you know, that's, that's what you talk about NFL busts and, 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 you know, players that were busts in the league. That's why, because they didn't have any continuity because nothing was the same because everything was different. So I almost feel like if we can keep this offense, right because I do think there are some good parts about this offense, but Matty P just has no feel for the game. He's not, he doesn't call plays like that are good plays during the game. Right. So I feel like there are plays that are good. It's just that it's not, it's not run cohesively. If you can get a guy in here, who's, who's more in tune, it can actually run this offense. I think you could have some success and then you're giving a little bit of consistency for Mac. It's a different guy calling plays, of course, but you're giving a little bit of consistency for him to say, hey, it's the same offense. We're running the same thing. Maybe we'll throw a few different wrinkles in here, but it's primarily the same thing so that you have a little bit of continuity, at least from year to year. Um, but, man, it's just, uh, you know, that could be scary. You know, even if you bring in Bill O'Brien, if he brings in a third offense, how, what's Mac going to look like? And, and what's it going to look like in the spring? Because it looked like crap in the spring, and now it's looked like crap this whole time. Will it look the same way next year? It's just, it's that's a big risk, especially when, like you say, you have to make a decision on Mac at the by the end of this year, and now it's like, you know, are you are you setting him up for success next year if you do that to him? It feels a lot like the Baker Mayfield situation, which is kind, it's just very scary to think about. But he had three different guys to start mm-hmm. his career, and I mean, he just got released. <laughs> I mean, right. obviously, he had, he had the fun comeback win, but yeah. that's not what you're looking for, and a big part of that is probably continuity and fluent uh, just a fluent offense that you can rely on year to year um so i'm not sure i mean maybe he's a little bit better with bill o'brien if they keep some things in but i it's just hard to say with the pieces around him and what's going on right now i mean the fullback thing i didn't understand at the beginning of the year i don't understand it now just doesn't make sense to me at all they don't ever line up they don't ever line up a fullback whether it's, it's Jones or Hunter Henry, they yeah. did they did that one game where they were running like the wishbone type thing, and it worked, and it worked, and, and then he's just like, "Nah, we're not doing that ever yeah. again." Just it's it's just it's confusing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really thing. it's really bizarre. And I did I did feel like this year was kind of like a treading water year where they were like, "Hey, we're gonna make our run next year. We'll kind of you know we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We'll do the best we can. We'll put together you know a competitive team. We'll work on getting better and improving." But they didn't do that. They didn't. They haven't gotten better. They haven't improved. They've they've gone backwards. Um, and so, 
you know, of course you've seen some things from, from Uche and you've seen some things from, you know, from some guys that you're happy about, but it's like, you know, where it leaves you with more questions than answers after this year. And so we're in a significantly worse place than we were at the end of last year. Of course, we got blown up by the bills last year, but to finish 10 and seven with a rookie quarterback and make the playoffs, I was happy with that. Right. And it looked like Mac was the guy. And then you blow everything up this off season, come in with a brand new offense and it looks like trash. And it's just like, well, what the hell are we doing? You know, how does, how does Kendrick Bourne go from being a reliable player down the stretch last year to a, to a nothing. He's a nothing this year. He's a nothing burger this year. He's been, he's, he's done nothing. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, really tough. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the encouragement. Dark Google. They appreciate it. Yeah. We can still get blown up by the ghost down this year. You're right. Yes. So, um, but you know, but it's just, it's, we're in a, in a significantly worse spot than we were last year. And that's extremely frustrating when you're talking about, you know, some of your important players being on their second year, you're hoping they make that leap and instead they've gone backwards. And then the other, the other thing in this whole equation is, even if Mac improves and he gets back to where he was his rookie year a little bit better, is he good enough to compete with the Mahomes, right. Josh Allen, Lamar, Herbert? I mean, even Tua. I mean, the right. AFC borrow, they have a stacked AFC quarterback class. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all things you have to think about when you're moving forward and choosing who's going to be your guy. 100%. I will say it is interesting, and someone pointed this out, you know, and it's been pointed out multiple times, but I, I read it again today, and so it reminded me. You know, Burrow was good his first year. It's good. And then he got Jamar Chase. Josh Allen sucked for multiple years, and then he got Stephon Diggs. Tyreek Hill was, I mean, uh, Tua was fine for his first two years. Then he got Tyreek Hill. You know, like, so, it, it, you know, those are the things, and Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. Like, that's not, you know, and he had Ty, but he had Tyreek Hill and, and, and Travis Kelsey, right? So it's like, you need weapons around you, too. You can't just, you know, say, oh, yeah, we'll just patch things together and it'll be fine. Like, even the Jaguars this year, they went out and paid big money to bring in Christian Kirk. And Kirk has been a decent player for them. Not great, but he's been a decent player for them. And he's hurt now. But, like, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and say, like, yeah, you, you need that number one if you really want to take that step up. The question is, how big is that step going to be? I think Max Sealing is Kirk Cousins. I'm saying it for I've been saying it since he got drafted. I think Mac Max Sealing is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a top twelve top twelve quarterback in the NFL. He is, undeniably. He falls apart in big moments, which has been his bugaboo the whole time, which is why everyone thinks he sucks. But he's a t- objectively a top twelve quarterback in the NFL. And so if that's the case, hey, I can live with that, right? I can live with with a player like that because he can get me places if he doesn't fall apart in those big moments. The problem is that we haven't seen anything close to Kirk Cousins, um, you know, this this certainly this year, you know? And, and so then you wonder, will he ever get there? It, yeah, it's going to be difficult to get there without a top receiver and right. uh, a bad, quite frankly, a bad offensive coordinator. So... I don't know if we'll ever see that. I don't know if they were to move on them in the next two years. Do they? What do they get for them? Uh, it's just, it's it's kind of disappointing just to see how this season's went at the quarterback position and with the offense. And it's just, it's hard to think about the future when you can't get a good read on it. So right, it's really right. difficult. Well, you wonder now, now. Now I don't know, but you wonder the Colts. Okay, the Colts have. 
They have their first round draft pick this year, right? They didn't have it last year, but they have it this year. So fine. They don't take a quarterback. In, let's just say they don't take a quarterback in the first round. Okay. Second round comes up and oh, we're not sure what we're going to do. And the Patriots say, you know what? You know what? What if we send you Mac Jones for your second round pick? Right. And now all of a sudden you move on from Mac Jones and, and dark will go the method something about, about Belichick being ruthless and moving on right a year too early as opposed to a year too late. Maybe you're not impressed with Mac. Maybe you know the importance of having that the guy at quarterback, and Mac is not the guy, right? Maybe he's a good guy, but he's not the guy. And if that's the case, then I think, especially where Bill is, he's getting up there. He ain't getting any younger, right? And so, like, if Mac isn't the guy, and you feel confident saying that after this year, then you know what? See you later. Like, I'm okay with doing that, right? And so, yes, we'll bring in Russell Wilson right to the Super Bowl. You got it. Uh, but but it's, you know, but it's one of those things, right, where, like, I, I think that that makes, to me at least, I look at that and say, you know, it'd be tough to take. And I don't know who they'd be taking in the second round. I don't know who they're moving on from or with. But if you're going to say we're going to get the most out of his value right now because he only played two years and people still think people still, like, think fairly highly of him in the in the league, and maybe you, maybe you see what you can get from him this year, um, and then you say, "Let's move on and let's try to try to get the guy this year as opposed to next year." Right? Um, it'd be drastic, but again, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying if Bill feels like he's not the long term guy, he's got to move on sooner rather than later because he doesn't have he's not 45 anymore, right? Like he doesn't have time to wait around to get the next guy. He's got to go out and get him now. Yeah, and I, I think it will be interesting if they got an offer like that. I mean, they'd probably strongly consider it for sure. Right. And uh, I guess it would depend how the offseason and the, the draft plays out. But don't be surprised if he's not in a Patriots uniform. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious after how the seasons went. And yeah. I think you made an interesting point earlier that I'm not opposed to seeing Zappy play down the stretch here. I mean, maybe that gets determined on Sunday again. I mean, on Saturday against the Bengals. Yeah. But if they lose that game, why not? Right. Well, and that's kind of where I'm at. And, and let's let's we'll shift gears to we'll get away from the future of the Patriots because we have all offseason talking about that. But and we'll we'll talk about the the Bengals as we because they're playing the Bengals on Christmas Eve. Uh just an absolute nightmare scenario for the Patriots. The Bengals are playing outside their minds right now. Their defense has been, I think their defense has allowed, the number is going to be wrong, but the defense has, has allowed like six second half touchdowns all year long or something stupid like that. They just, they don't give up points in the second half. And so like they've been dominant in the second half. They've been really good um, in the first half as well. Their their offense is just stupid. They're just stupid. I mean, you know, you get Burrow, Mixon, Chase and Higgins with Tyler Boyd mixed into. I mean, it's just like not even fair, right? And so it's um it's gonna be a really tough matchup for the Patriots. And it's one that we talk about playoff hopes. It's one that I'm 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 rooting for them to win because they're still alive in the playoffs if they win. If they lose, which I think they're probably going to, um, if they lose, then I'm just saying screw it. Just lose the next two. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You don't want to win the next two because you're not making the playoffs at eight and nine. And so it's like it. Well, I get you're not going to win both games, right? So you're not win- making the playoffs at eight and nine. Um, that's where you're finishing, right? In my opinion. And so fine, you get the seven and seven. No, you get the yeah eight and seven. They'll be eight and seven if they win this week, right? 
but you'd be seven and eight if you lose this week. So it's like now you're at seven and eight. You're not getting in the playoffs. Um, and so, you know, it just becomes one of those things where I just say, screw it, you know, and then if you want to put Zappy in because Mac keeps playing like crap and you don't like what you're seeing out of him, you know, attitude wise, do it, do it. And then see what happens. And if Zappy plays like absolute garbage in the last two games, well, now, you know, Hey, he's clearly not the guy either. Right. So it's like, so then you can kind of, you know, you can kind of make that decision as you go. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. It's a, it's an uphill battle for them to beat this team this weekend. Uh, they are without Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, their top yeah. two edge guys, mm-hmm. which is probably a pretty big deal. But uh, we don't score in the first half very much, and they have an elite second-half defense. So that sounds like a pretty bad recipe um, for this New England offense. That's not great. But That's not great. Who knows? I mean, we've seen it before. They could come out and play great. I mean, it wouldn't shock yeah. me if they did something like that. Right. It really wouldn't. Well, and that's and the thing the thing I've been saying the whole time, and people are like, oh, you know, you don't even want to, you don't even want to make the playoffs and blah blah, blah and all this stuff because you get killed. My thing is that the Patriots defense has been so good, you can win, you can steal a game, you can steal a game defensively, right? When the Colts won the Super Bowl in 06, they won, they beat the Ravens fifteen to twelve with five field goals, right? They won with defense in that game. Now, one of the, you know, they they. They beat the Patriots, what, like 34-28 or something like that. So, like, you have to be able to score as well. But you can at least you can win one of those games with defense, right? The Patriots aren't the 2,000 Ravens with the best defense of all time. But, like, you can theoretically shut down one team. You never know. And so, like, it becomes one of those things where, like, if you have a good enough defense, you can be in any game. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at with them, even if their offense sucks, you know. Um, but – I just don't know. I don't I don't know how how believable it is at this point, just the way they've been playing. It's just it's hard to imagine that they're gonna get to that point. Yeah, so. it, it is difficult to imagine that. And I mean it's really this game is kind of a have to have a game, even though they're playing a great I mean, they're playing the team that represented the AFC last year. So it's gonna be pretty difficult to win a game like that. They, they do have home field advantage. Um, and like I said, they're without their top pass rushers. So maybe they develop some sort of game plan. Maybe they can run the ball efficiently and they have a little bit more time for Mac on downfield shots. But I mean, in that game, it's supposed to be really cold on Saturday too. So, I mean, it's, it's probably gonna be a lot of running the football and hoping to win a low scoring battle is what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of you know that's kind of where the Patriots are at, right? That's if they're gonna have to if they're gonna win, they got to win ugly, um, which is just you know, it's not something that people want to watch. It's not not exactly what you want to start your day with on on uh, on on Christmas Eve, but you know it is what it is. So we'll see, we'll see. I think I think they have a chance to beat the Bengals. I think it's unlikely, but I think they have a chance to beat the Bengals. I was worried about the Ravens about the Raiders game on Sunday. I thought they should have beaten the Raiders, Raiders, but I was worried about the game just because. They had been out there, and the Raiders are the Raiders, and you know Belichick always sucks against his against his you know coaches that can't come out from under his tree. But uh, you know, no one could have predicted that ending. But you know, it just is what it is. Um, and so, you know, do they have a chance to win on Saturday? Absolutely, absolutely. Will they win on Saturday? That's a whole another story. That's a whole another question that I just I have zero confidence in this team. I don't know how you can watch this team day in and day out and have any confidence that they're going to win 
any game realistically never mind you know a game against the defending super bowl the defending you know super bowl runner up who is right now playing as good as they were at the end of the year last year it just seems like you know a, a recipe to get blown out but but we'll see but anyways um so all right so let's a few things we you mentioned Trey Hendrickson who who is a pro bowler this year the Patriots had one Pro Bowler. Uh, the Pro Bowls were announced. We're recording on Wednesday night. The Pro Bowls were announced today at eight o'clock. Uh, Matthew Judon was the only Pro Bowler for the Patriots. A few, a few ones for me that I think left off. It was interesting that um, Matthew Slater, who seems to make it every year, didn't make it this year. Justin Hardy replaced him, um, and so you know you, you get that going, um, and then. Um, so, so you have that going. And then the other one for me was Marcus Jones. Um, I I just thought Marcus Jones should have been better. Should have, should have been better. Should have been there. Um, that he should have gotten the gotten the call up, in my opinion. Now, again, I know, train, no Trey Nixon. Rude. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those things for me that I, I look at it and just think, like, he – in my opinion, is better numbers than Devin Duvernay. I know, I know Duvernay has a has a kick return touchdown, and Marcus Jones has a punt return touchdown. But Marcus Jones is averaging almost two yards per punt return better than Duvernay, um, and he's only like a half a yard off on kick returns. So I, I'm a little surprised that he didn't get the nod over Duvernay, especially with the walk off touchdown um, that he had against the Jets. And so that you know that that there was kind of a little surprising to me that that, that didn't happen. Um, you know, of course, Slater was interesting. Brandon Schooler, I think, has been great on special teams, but he's a rookie. Like, you know, those guys don't don't tip don't typically get um, as much shine. So we'll see. I don't know, um, but yeah, I'm and I, sure. I think that um, I think I think the Hardy situation is interesting because he kind of he said after the game that a big reason that uh, it didn't work out like that stopping that Marcus Jones play was because of him. So I don't know. Like, I thought that was interesting that Slater. And then to your point on Jones, I mean, he's been a great returner all season. And uh, it's just, it's pretty surprising that he didn't, he didn't get in even like he had a walk-off touchdown. I felt like that would have stuck with people uh, and it really didn't. So it's kind of, kind of hard to explain that situation and then maybe on Wenu would deserve it based off the year he's had, but it's not a big surprise that he's not in. And then obviously Ramondre has been great, but uh, just with the. Yeah. The way things are going, Barrett, you're cutting out a little bit on us, Barrett, but uh but you know, I think it is interesting. I, I do think that the on one other thing is a good point. He has played well, but like, I don't think you can justify putting in someone on the Patriots' offensive line this year. Um, so, but um, but I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not really sure about that one. And then Mondre has been fantastic, right? And so you kind of look at it and say like, okay, did Mondre deserve it? Maybe. But then you look at the guys who made it over him, and you're like, well, who, which guy, right? Like, which guy are we taking out? Right? Can we take out Nick Chubb? Uh, maybe I don't know. Like, would you? Cut, I could make the argument that that 
you know, Ramondre has had a better year than Nick Chubb has had. I could make that argument. I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but I could make it. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, I don't think you can take Henry out. And Josh Jacobs has been outrageous. So, like, you can't take him out, right? So, um, you know, so I'm not I'm not really sure, um, you know, what we're doing, uh, what's going on there. But, you know, look, it's the Pro Bowl. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and it's a lot of it's fan yeah. vote anyways, right? And so it's like, you know, I think Marcus Jones, if he has the year he had this year, next year, he's definitely a Pro Bowler, right? I just think that it didn't start until mid-year, right? They didn't have him returning punts in for the first, you know, the first six, seven games of the season, right? So um, that's one of those things. I believe that Dark Blue Gold, you're right. I believe it is a flag football game this year, I think, right? Is that is that right? It sounds right. I think they're doing the skills competition again. Man, the Pro Bowl used to be so much fun. They used to do all that stupid crap. Um, and they did some of it last year, which was cool too. Like that's the stuff I want to see, like put them through these like cool, weird things and have them do like silly stuff. Like that's fun, you know? Um, and so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, um, but yeah, I'm not sure. So, um, Barrett's having a little bit of technical difficulties. I think he's going to try to try to log out and then come back in. Um, but, uh, but yes, that that's exactly what it is, Dark Blue Gold. Those stupid competitions, like the uh, like the the longest throw competitions from from like the two thousands, when he's like, oh, he's got sixty four yards, and this guy's gonna try to, and they just wind up and just chuck it as far as they possibly get. That stuff is awesome. Like that stuff is so cool, you know. Or like the accuracy thing, where you're like, you know, and they did some of it last year too, but where it's like, oh, you got to throw it through this, and you got to try that, and you got to do this, and and so on and so forth. So. Um, that's the fun stuff for me, right? Try that and see what happens, and and I think that's cool. Um, but I think we're getting more of those things. I think they're realizing that the Pro Bowl game is stupid. It sucks, and so uh, and so we'll see. But uh, Barrett's back. He's yeah, back. sorry about that. No, no, we're wrong. good. We're good. But it's all right. I heard a little a, bit what you're saying. Uh, the Pro Bowl was, game was awful, so no one really yeah. wants to watch that. So the games might be fun uh, this year, and. Um, to your point, I mean, Jones, he'll be a more notable name next year uh, when it comes to voting. But it was interesting. The top uh, vote getter was Tua Tagovailoa, and he did not get in. I thought that was an interesting thing. Very strange. Very interesting that that the vote kind of goes with other stuff. And it's like, well, what's the point of having the vote if you're not going to put in the guy that has yeah. the most votes? You know yeah, what I mean? I know. Um, so, But, I mean, it's hard to argue him over any of those three guys that got in. I mean, Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Right. So. Right. And that's part of the problem is that like, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you make that decision to put him in over those guys? Right. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but um, Hey, look, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, and the pro bowl was the pro bowl. Who cares? You yeah. know, like realistically, it doesn't really matter. I'm sure they care. Right. Obviously the players care uh, and it matters to them, of course, when they're negotiating contracts and all that other stuff. But like, realistically, it doesn't make a difference. Um, so, all right. Uh, just a just a quick, quick little rundown. Anything, anything you do specific for Christmas, Barrett? Obviously, I feel like so Christmas is a fun time of year. And of course, you know, there's people out there obviously don't celebrate Christmas. But I feel like this time of year, right, is a fun time of year for me because you're getting together with family. And I feel like for the kids, it's mostly memorable for the kids, even, you know, whether you celebrate Hanukkah or, or Christmas or, or whatever it is that you celebrate, I feel like the kids kind of get more joy out of it than anyone else does. But then the parents kind of get joy from the kids, right? And, and when you have little kids in the family and, and uh, you know, and seeing them and stuff. And that's my favorite part is, you know, I have three little kids, as, as people know, and um, 
you know, 11, 11, nine and six. And they're all, they're all geared up right for, for the, for the season. So they're pumped. And, and so in return, I'm pumped because I'm excited to see them, you know? So, um, it, it keeps, it keeps you young, you know, seeing them and it's, it's fun. So, uh, anything, anything those specific you guys have done, any like rituals or, or things that you guys do for Christmas every year? Not really. Usually we'll get together on Christmas Eve and stuff, uh, with one side of the family. And then the next day we'll be with the other side of the family. Uh, we usually do, my brother's a, uh, he's in culinary school, so we, he'll be making a prime rib. We've done that nice. the past couple of years. That's a, uh, that's a kind of a tradition we've established, but um, I'm kind of in that, that weird spot where I'm not a little kid getting yeah. wicked excited over gifts, but right. like I still, I still get gifts and it's still exciting to me, <laughs> um, which is interesting, but um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to Christmas and just football on this year, which would be awesome. And uh, yeah. it's, it's, the best time of year people say so i i agree i'm personally a thanksgiving holiday fan opposed to opposed to yeah. christmas but they're both great i can't complain yeah. no i get you i get it and that's you know i i love i love the idea of the of the giving stuff and all that stuff that that to me is my favorite part of it and like i say the you know the kids and how excited they're going to be and i just think about like the stuff that we've gotten them and the stuff that i've gotten them they don't know about and they're going to open the gifts up on, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day whenever they open them, and they're going to flip, right? And they're going to be so excited yeah. about it. And that's the stuff that I love, you know, and seeing the little kids and how excited they get um, and talking about Santa and doing all that stuff. That that stuff to me is is the cool part of it. So, um, you know, it's a uh, it's kind of a, a way to live it again through them, you know. So uh, I'm excited about it. We do the same thing. It's funny. My, I usually see my parents on Christmas Eve. They're going to the game. I am not because I just got to stay home with the family. It's too much stuff going on on Christmas Eve. So um, they're coming to my house. I live right down the street from the stadium. So they're coming to my house after the game. So they're going to go to the game and then come over and we'll exchange gifts and, you know, do takeout or whatever. So it'd be fun. Um, but, yeah, it's it's good. So Boxing Day. Yeah, that's right. Boxing Day on the 26th of, uh, of December. That's pretty cool. Um, Christmas Day after party. It's pretty sick. I like that. <laughs> So thanks, Spence. Appreciate you stopping by, buddy. But I, I won't say go Bills. Well, I guess I just did, but I won't say it. But I but I appreciate you stopping by and, and saying hello. Appreciate you. Um, but uh, but you know, it's one of those, it is, it's one of those fun times. And again, it's it's the kids to me that that really kind of makes it. And then the Christmas movies. I mean, come on, dude. The Christmas movies are so good. Like, you know, I'm showing I'm showing a few Christmas movies to the uh, to the kids at, at school this week. And so you know, I got I got a few going. I'm going to show Muppet Family Christmas on Muppet Muppet Christmas Carol in one of them. I'm showing Home uh, Home Alone two. I'm showing The Grinch in one of them. I'm showing Elf in one of them. So it'll be fun. It, it just you know kind of kind of the kids get excited about it, and you, you know you love you love watching those Die Hard. I cannot show unfortunately, although it is a Christmas movie, I cannot show it in school because it's rated R. Um, but uh, <laughs> even even like the TNT version probably isn't school appropriate. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, you know that I love the, I love this time of year. I get, I get all excited about it. So. Yeah, it is. It is a great time of year. And like you said, the, the movies are great. The music gets people in, yep. in the mood and uh, around here we have lost a lot. A lot of people like that's to right. see that yep. so in, in the new England area. So, I mean, that's, we might go do that. Christmas cool. Eve this year. So. Well, you know the Festival of Lights, which is the one across the street from the from from Foxborough uh, from yeah. from Patriot Place, is awesome. That's really yeah. cool, and that's a driving one, so you don't even have to get out of the car. It's great. Yeah, I'd rather um, do that. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> the also that's freezing. Uh, yeah. So, but we have fun. I mean, that's a, that's a fun one. It's like it's kind of expensive, but it's like you just pack everyone in the car, go in, and you drive super slow. Everyone like 
kids take out their seatbelts and they're driving and riding in the front seat with you and everything. And it's, it's cool. It's a fun time. So, uh, it's, it's a nice little take, you know? And like I say, you're nice and warm in the car instead of, instead yeah. of being, instead <laughs> of being outside. Cold. So, which is good. So, all right. Well, listen, that's what we got. We're going to, we're going to move on to our last segment, but I guess just to wrap up the whole, the whole 2022 talk about the Patriots, this is it. This is, this is the game. If the Patriots, if you want to root for the Patriots to win still, do it. That's fine. I'm going to be rooting for them to win on Saturday. I don't think it's realistic they're going to win Saturday, but I'm going to be rooting for them. After this game, though, I want them to lose. I want them to lose on Christmas Day. I'll be there Christmas Day. I want them to lose on Christmas Day, and I want them to lose on the on the 8th because there's no reason to win. You're, now you're just costing yourself, you know, you're just costing yourself draft slots unless, unless the Dolphins lose this weekend and then you can like knock them out of the playoffs and you play them on the first, then I'm okay with it. Then if you want to play spoiler of the Dolphins, I'm okay. Even if it costs you a draft spot or two, fine. I don't care because screw the Dolphins and they missed the playoffs because you beat them. I'm okay with that. Um, that one I'm more on board with, you know? Yeah, I, I could get behind that and I could get behind ruining the one seed for the Bills. That'd be nice. Both too, situations I could get behind. But, could you could you uh, imagine the one seat on the line against the Bills and the Patriots go into Buffalo and beat the Bills? Yeah, I mean, that, that would, would be, be outrageous. That would be absolutely outrageous. But it that would, would be, be a, we'd, we'd love it. That'd be a crazier <laughs> ending than Jacoby Myers throwing a ridiculous, you know, <laughs> whatever the hell he did. So, um, but you know. So it's going to be fun, and that's and that's one of those that's one of those things. And and I agree with you, Dark Blue Gold, is that you know it is a long time till next season, and so you just enjoy the games, appreciate what we have right now. I mean, it's crazy to think about because you think about I'm like, oh man, like this game was so long ago, and I'm like, you know that that playoff game in Buffalo feels like two years ago, and it was you know less than twelve months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's crazy to think about, and so yeah, it's like we you're right. You're right, Dark Bugold, that it is a long way away. We gotta wait all the way until next September for uh for, for games again. So so yes, don't wish the don't wish the season away yet, but um, you know, enjoy the games while they're here. So so, anyways, uh all right, let's get into our final segment. Here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right, so I'm gonna go first, Barrett, because I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of piggyback because I have a few, and so then I'll I'll let you do yours uh, in between there because I know you have one. Uh, my first one is not sports related at all. However, is December 21st, 1968. That was the Apollo 8 was the first manned moon voyage, uh, which of course they didn't land on the moon, but they they flew up there, they orbited the moon, and that was Jim Lovell was on that. Who Jim Lovell? For those of you that haven't. For some reason, for the the ten of you that haven't seen Apollo thirteen, uh, Jim Lovell was was one of the astronauts on Apollo thirteen, played by Tom Hanks, uh, which of course you know spaceship blew up and was supposed to land on the moon. He never landed on the moon. The whole thing, um, but you know the year before Apollo eleven uh, actually landed on the moon and walked on the moon. They orbited the moon and they were the first manned mission to fly to the moon. So there you go. There's one. All right, okay. Barrett. What what do you got? Mine's gonna be Christmas Day, two thousand four. Lakers versus Heat. It was uh, the first game that Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal played against each other after their time in Los Angeles together. Uh, the game went into overtime. Uh, Kobe Bryant had 42 points but fell short because Dwayne Wade finished with 29. Shaq had 26 and 11, 11 rebounds. But uh, an interesting note in that game, 
Kobe got Shaq fouled out at the end of the game. He went into the overtime with four fouls, and Kobe drew his fifth and sixth foul and fouled him out of that game. That is interesting. That is very interesting. I did not know that. So that's a uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. So, um, so yes. All right. Uh, let's see. Yes, I was going to do one other one, but I'm going to do this one instead because uh, we don't need to talk about the other one. Uh, December 21st, 1891. The first game of basketball plays on the rules created by James Naismith. Uh, was played in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, and so, yes, that's true. Oh, Vince Lombardi. Look at this. Dark Blue Gold's got one on Vin- Vince Lombardi coaches last game for Washington on this day in 1969. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. So I was going to talk about the Red Sox making some trade with the Yankees in 1918. But, of course, that was two years before they traded the babe. Um, so, you know, they didn't really tie in, but they did get some cash back from the Yankees as they did uh, with Babe Ruth. So, you know. I got, I got one more that. for you, too. Do it. Let's hear it. One more. Uh, 1994 Christmas Day, Don Shula broke the NFL regular season victory record, which oh. Bill Belichick is currently chasing down. Love it. So, a lot of good That's stuff fun. in this week yeah. in sports history. It's true. It's true. Oh, Julian Edelman passed Wes Welker. For the most career receiving yards from Tom Brady this year uh, in 2019 on this day, so there you go. Look at that. A lot of lot of Patriots history, a lot of sports history happened uh, happened on on this week. A lot of stuff went on, right? And like I talked about that Jets game, I think that Jets game was uh, I think it was like the 23rd or the 26th. It was 2015, by the way, because I did go back and look that up. Um, but I can't remember what was the 20. I don't know. Uh, oh wait, or, hold on. I got it. 27th, December 27th, 2015, uh, where they won the toss. And then, then there was a big thing about, well, did you, you know, did you want to do it? Did you not want to do it? So, um, you know, the whole thing and dark blue gold, you're right. You were not the jets. We are the bills. We're the new bills. That's true. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong about that. The new jets are still the old jets. You're right. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Although they have the same record as you this year. So, um, you know, but what are you going to do? Anyways, all right, that's what we got. That's what we got. It was a good show. Barrett, thanks for coming through, man. Uh, we're going to have to have you more uh, here more often, uh, you know, on the regular show. We've obviously had you on the um, had you on the uh, the instant reactions. But as we go throughout the uh, offseason with all the draft stuff and everything like that, you're going to be our you're going to be our new Keegan. It'll be fun. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. I love it. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And, and uh, I will be back Christmas Eve. I don't know if anyone will be with me. Um, but I'll be back Christmas Eve for like a super quick instant reaction podcast, um, right after, right after the game. So thanks for listening guys. Have a, have a great holiday and, uh, and we'll catch you on the other side.